fade from black to a beautiful giant house covered in freshly fallen snow. You can hear carolers not far away singing jingle bells. The camera pans from the ground view upwards towards the empty and darkly lit window in the attic. It pushes in closer to something in the window that we can barely make out. And all at once, as though your brain is finally catching up with your eyes, you see Claude, the cat, sitting on the lap of a young girl. A dead girl, with a shocked expression clearly visible through the bag, covering her face. As we pan back away and down, it's as though that image is imprinted on the very same window we once saw nothing in, and now forever imprinted in our minds. Good evening, and welcome to Gore, a horror podcast to keep you up at night. I'm the Wicked Kitten always getting into mischief, and with me, as always, are my creepy co-hosts, the lovely Travis. Hi. The endearing, the ethereal Fay. Hi, hi. And lastly, the dread you've been feeling since you hit play on this podcast, Dreadly. Hello. So, it's been a few weeks. Some of us got sick, some of us are sick, and some of us are just sickos. So, uh, let's play the little game. What you doing? What you watching? How you been, Travis? Uh, not sick, and uh, not coming off of being sick so that must make me one of the sickos which is fine i'm i'm fine with that uh i have continued playing batman arkham city on my streams as i quest to get 100 in that game and find out that i'm really bad at that game so <laughs> it's gonna take me a while but i will do it damn it no matter how long it takes even if i have to cheat and do it off stream i don't care it's gonna happen but uh, i've been doing that making the slow march to episode 200 of what you haven't seen, uh, which has been a lot of fun watching movies uh, and, uh, and just genuinely uh, enjoying the cold weather. Um, And I'm lying right now because I hate the cold weather. I have long arms and legs. So my hands and feet get cold really fast and I don't like it, which is partially why I'm so bad at Batman because I'm playing with a controller and my hands are cold. That's my story. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you ever mm-hmm. think yeah, about yeah. getting like fingerless gloves or something? Or I used to have some. I don't know what it happened. Might to help. Them. I don't know. Maybe like long sweatshirty things. Yeah, yeah. Enjoying playing the floor is lava. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of floor is lava in Batman Arkham City. Um, looking for a new game to start playing uh, as well. I haven't decided on anything yet. Uh, just kind of going through my library trying to figure out. I did find out that. Um, Warhammer Darktide is on Xbox Game Pass, and I might install that and play it because that looks really cool. Gee, I wonder how you found that out. Hmm. I got posted somewhere. I don't remember where. <laughs> I'm in like eight. I'm in like twenty nine different discords. I think it was posted in at least a half a dozen of them. So I thought I mentioned it to you. No. I know I said it no, to somebody. I, I know I saw it. I saw it posted somewhere. I just don't remember where, but it's been in a lot of places. So, also, I nearly uh, TPK'd uh, a party playing D and D as the dungeon master. That was uh, fun. Total total party getty. Barrel <laughs> it next time. No, we. I mean, 
Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, realistically, I I one hit uh, three of the five party members um, in one turn, and nearly killed the other yeah. two. Uh, so kind of had to do a little of the DM behind the screen, like. So, how many hit points does everybody have? I need to know because I've done a lot of damage right now, but that was fun. Also been 3D printing more lately. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah. And Faye, what you, what, how you, how you been, what you, what you doing, what, what you watching? Well, almost getting killed in D&D. I wonder which which uh, uh, who my DM is. Um, uh, but uh, other than that, I've been I've completed uh, Wednesday on Netflix. Such a good series. I highly recommend it for anybody that's actually a fan. There are a few quabbles I have with it, but overall, I still enjoyed it. <laughs> um, trying to think of uh, I started watching Willow. Willow. Yeah. On, on Disney Plus, because I, I loved the movie growing up. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, I'm going to be watching Willow soon. We're all going to be watching Willow soon. Looks looks really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've oh, heard I'm good not. things. What? Yeah, what? I'm going to make you watch the movie that you've never seen. Oh, no. And then I'm going to make you watch can the series. Watch, can't we watch Leprechaun instead? <laughs> I mean... There's a difference? Oh, wait. <laughs> you like fantasy movies, don't you? This is one it's of the good movie. fantasy movies I like. It's a good movie. Okay. <laughs> Apparently the they, show is they, even they, better. They, we'll see if that's true. Yeah. But um, We watched the movie that we're talking about tonight. And I've been playing Pokemon. The new Pokemon. Uh, I've got Violet. Uh, I've also been playing Star Ocean Six more. Um, that's pretty much it. Besides work, and uh, think I'm coming down with a cold or something. Oh, I hope it's just a cold or a stomach I hope bug. It's just a cold or yeah. Dreadly, what's uh? Hi. Hello. Do you um. <laughs> doing how how you doing? What you which what you watching? How uh, doing? Ben, <laughs> you the longest the longest segue ever. Uh, it gets longer every every episode. Yep, it's like the sausage. Sausage. Mmm, sausage. Sausage party? That's a different movie. <laughs> well, I've been good. I have not been sick either, as far as I know. I have been tired. You're always tired. That is true. <laughs> I need sleep. Hey, sleep! Uh, anyway, I've been doing good. I finally finished Final Fantasy twelve. I one shot at the boss. Woo. I don't believe you. <laughs> I did it on stream. It is all there. Um, and after that, I've been playing 
Final Fantasy XII because that game is too good and now I have all these extra stuff to do. <laughs> all the hunts and getting things. So I've been playing that on my uh, Steam Deck, which is perfect for it. Uh, yeah. And now I'm contemplating what game to start next on stream because I don't really want to go to Final Fantasy Thirteen. Star Ocean 4. Star Ocean 4. I shall have a look at that. Do I need to play the first three? Nope. Is it like Final Fantasy where everything is separate? It's all together, but it's different timelines. Okay. I'll have a look at that. Um, Other than that, not many games were played. Uh... So what have you been watching? Finally watched Terrifier 2. Yeah, we did. I need to watch that. Oh, yes, you do. It yes, is you do. so good. Yeah. Yes, for everyone who's a fan of the first one, just go watch it. You probably already did. But it's just... <laughs> if you could get it, you know, yeah. Because I know it's only on ah. Screenbox right now. And it was in theaters before that. But... uh. Yeah, if you like the original, which was not very well funded and not very well acted and stuff, this is, you know, a step up. Oh, yeah. They, they had a regard. bigger budget, and bigger but budget means nicer stuff. More and, gore, yep. more great looking. Wow. Like that. Yeah. There was actually, I think, like a, a story, too, or something in there. I think they actually had a story, even though I don't understand all of it, probably. But there was one. Uh, so, yeah, definitely uh, check it out. And I'm always into look, you know, watch it again. Intent, YouTube, there. <laughs> you, YouTube, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I haven't they got to watch the first one. Well, we'll have to watch the first one then, yeah. Yeah, I suppose at some point. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we've ever gone into that. If you're if well, I'm sure Faye is fine with it. But like, Travis, are you really into like super gore like that? Like, is that something you like or? I don't avoid it. Um, I think that gore is like anything else. It needs to serve a purpose. I think it I don't. I don't seek out a movie that has a bunch of gore in it just to have gore in it. Yeah. Well, I like how you keep repeating the name of this podcast. You can oh, have a movie <laughs> that has virtually no blood and be fantastic and scary. And you can have a movie with a whole lot of it and it can work or not. And so it, it just doesn't like, I'm not a gore hound. I don't seek out a movie because it's got blood and yeah. stuff in it. But it's can, not can something call that ourselves like, now? <laughs> I thought about that, but I don't it know. doesn't turn like it doesn't make me not want to watch a movie. Let's yeah. put it that because I know there's a lot of people. It makes them sick to their stomach, and they don't they don't even want to step foot near it. Or no, because I know how a lot of it's done too. Like I've yeah, they I've, kill people. Done, I've done special makeup effects on shorts and and things like that. So I know how a lot of that stuff gets done. I mean, yeah. It, <laughs> And you it's could also a, dump a bucket of fake blood down down the side of a wall. <laughs> or have the room turn and it... Never mind. 
Well, it makes a difference though. If you can separate what you're watching from like the reality of what it is, it's a lot easier to take. Well, yeah. But doesn't that kind of like take the magic away a little bit? Like, you know? No. Yeah. It's, it's uh, the same reason why it doesn't take the magic away from the fact that I know that like the Guardians of the Galaxy hol- holiday special didn't actually film in Kevin Bacon's house. But it could have. Don't tell me that. <laughs> well, I had to explain it this past week. <laughs> uh, it was literally a dread. reason why we weren't sure they liked it was because they thought that was his actual house. I'm like, it's not his house. That's a set. Mm-hmm. You, you don't make, Maybe you don't make he lifts on a set. So for, uh, for me, obviously I watched Terrifier 2 as well, but, um, I, I got sick. So I have been, um, well, sick mostly. <laughs> so I have been watching a lot of bad movies, nothing, nothing really horror. Actually, no, wait, I did watch something horror, but I can't remember it right now. It just flew out of my mind. Look, I had COVID, all right? So honestly, you're lucky if I remember my own name at this point. But yeah, mostly been recuperating and I I spent five days in bed, like just in bed. And I don't think I've done that in a really long time. And like, I mean, you know, like didn't even get up to sit at the computer. Couldn't just bed. That's it. Ate a lot of soup. And, uh, I shouldn't say a lot. COVID hits everybody different. Yeah. I, I think that I was much luckier than a lot of people. Um, I was just really run down and like a really bad cold. So it could have been worse. And I'm thankful that it wasn't because I have no idea where it came from, but you know, you know, so everyone be, be as safe as you can, you know, wash your hands and whatnot. Take the proper precautions, damn it. Yes. And if possible, and if it's your choice, you can avoid your family if you want. Um, <laughs> you have our permission. Yes. I think it's, uh, it's about time to peek around that corner and give you some highlights of horror news. So the first story I'm going to bring up is Cocaine Bear. Now this trailer looks fucking amazing. Uh, based on a true story. Yeah, it's based on a true story, apparently. It's yep. directed by... A uh, name just flew out of my head. Saw him. Yeah, her. I like him. Her. Oh, her. Well, her. It's I like the, her. She's an actress, too. Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks. There you go. Yeah. Um, it Jesse. looks really funny, and the bear's cute, but also, you know, killing people and stuff. So it it just looks like it's going to be fun. Like, I don't know. I, I can't tell you anything. It's not going to win an Academy Award, but uh, I'm I'm positive I will get quite a few laughs and enjoyment from watching that movie when it comes out. Also, Ray Liotta's hair and glasses in the movie are yes. phenomenal. It's like, I think, it, I think it's Ray Liotta's last performance, and that's just so sad. But it's perfect, you know? Like, it's nice that it's going to be like a silly movie. 
It's got, I mean, it's got a hell of a cast between Ray Liotta. It's got um, Carrie Russell, Alden Ehrenreich, who was uh, Han Solo in the Solo movie. And I liked him in that. Uh, it's got Mini Cube, Mini Ice Cube, <laughs> O'Shea Jackson Jr. It's Ice Cube's son. Um, yeah. I, when I first saw that there was a trailer for it, I actually thought it was a documentary about the story about the cocaine bear. I just saw Cocaine Bear. I'm like, oh, somebody's doing a documentary on that. And then I, I see Elizabeth Banks directed. That's weird to do. Okay, sure. And then I'm like, starring Rayleigh. Okay, this isn't what I thought it was. And then I watched mm-hmm. the trailer. I'm like, all right. All right, I'm in. Quite a few embellishments. <laughs> I had to watch the trailer because I'd never heard of the story. And so I was just like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'd heard the story. But yeah, I'm like, I, I, I had to watch the trailer. Yeah, I mean, sure. Looks dumber than a bag of hammers. And I can't wait to watch it. And for a second story, we've got uh, the Dark Tower TV series. So that's going to be interesting. It's uh, being done by uh, Mr. Mike Flanagan. Yay! Um, which, which is what makes me excited about it. Like, mm-hmm. again, I saw Dark Tower series is in the works. I'm thinking, uh, and then I saw Mike Flanagan and suddenly I was happy. Because exactly. there are really, I mean... Quite honestly, in the history of adapting King work uh, to screen, there are two people I would trust to do that at this point. And it's Mike Flanagan and Frank Darabont. Because Frank Darabont did uh, Shawshank Redemption. He did Green Mile. He did The Mist, which are three of the best Stephen King adaptations ever made. So it's sort of, it's like, I'm going to trust one of those two names to, to do this. And Flanagan just knows what he's doing. And Dark Tower is going to be, Doing it as a series is very smart. Mm-hmm. That's where it is these days, right. by the way. People, you know, you got to think back in history and how, like, people would think TV was the lower form of entertainment. And nowadays, it it quite literally is sometimes even above the storytelling that you can do in a movie. Yeah, I mean, you need longer form, definitely. And with a, a series like Dark Tower, especially with multiple books, that gives yeah. you seasons upon seasons of content. Yeah. It, and Stephen King is one of those authors that when you're adapting his work, you need to tell a long. That's why so many he had so many uh, television miniseries made where they were two-parters. Because to try and tell the story of it in two hours or less is foolish. You're not going to do it. There's just too much in that book to do. And they had to cut a bunch out just to get it down to four hours. So, you know, it's perfect. And, and yeah, we're, we're in such a great age of they are telling. And also because now with the, the streaming services and doing series that way, you can make the series as long as it needs to be to tell the story. You don't have to make a series that's 22 episodes to fit a network schedule anymore or even a cable schedule. You can make six episodes and be done. And maybe that's enough to tell your story. So it's perfect. I love it. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful world. Yes, it is a wonderful world. No one, please make a show about it's a wonderful world. Please don't. (laughs) What's a wonderful world? It's the best attraction at Disney. No, that's a small world. Oh, damn it. Don't make a thing about that either. Wait, I thought that was the show about the robot girl. I thought it was that Christmas movie where the guy tries to kill himself. 
<laughs> if you get the references, please email us with what you, th- <laughs> what you got. Send us your scorecard. Yes. Check off your bingo cards and we'll move on. <laughs> Uh, there is also uh, a movie coming out. Um, saw a trailer for it. Looks interesting. Uh, Thorns, which mm-hmm. is something to do with a radio signal that's bringing about hell on earth and a Cenobite with like crown of yeah. thorns. Or I don't, I, who knows? I, I'm, I'm not sure that, who better than. Well, and yeah, they have, uh, they have Doug Bradley who clearly they, they had for like an afternoon. And because like every shot of him in the trailer is just like hit the throne that he is sitting on and looking straight at the camera, like he's on a video call. And I'm fine with that. Like, it's yeah. great. I mean, but it looks, it very well could be absolutely awful, but I'm still going to watch it. Yep. It's intriguing. Something about it intrigues me. I do want, I do worry because they showed their discount Cenobite creature, whatever you want to call it a lot in the trailer. So I worry that they either, either overexposed it or there's, or maybe we'll be lucky and there'll be more. Yeah. But that's really what we're hoping for. More cinnamons. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Yes. But love you, Doug Bradley. We'll watch most yeah, of any movie with you at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, after yeah, some of such wonderful sights. Yeah, and some terrible ones, but it's not his fault. Not his fault. And now for tonight's feature presentation. He called again. Oh, no. What did he want this time? I told him you weren't here. He cried a little bit, said he was coming to kill you, then hung up. Jeez, I really should call my dad back. Hello? Hi. I would like to talk to you about your car's extended warranty. How many times do I have to tell you to stop calling us about that? We don't even have a car. These calls are driving me crazy. Yellow? Hey, baby. What you wearing? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just wearing one of my nightgowns. Wait, wait a second. Who is this? Me, Peter. Oh, Jess isn't here right now. Call her back later. Oh, I wish Jess would get a mobile phone. It's not the damn 70s. Ugh. Now what? Hello? What's your favorite scary movie? Sky Sharks. Absolutely terrifying. Ah, this is too freaky even for me. You think that's freaky? Just wait until they hook up the phone line next week. Black Christmas is a 1974 Canadian slasher film directed by Bob Clark, written by A. Roy Moore. It stars Olivia Hussey, Margot Kidder, Andrea Martin, Lynn Griffin, Kerr Donella, and John Saxon, who we love. It's a variation on the urban legend The Babysitter and The Man Upstairs, but it's wrapped up in slasher gift wrap and tied with a tiny jalo bow. I love this movie, by the way. It's probably, like, my favorite Christmas movie, I'm going to say, if you had to force me. Like, if it had to be, because, you know, I might sneak mm-hmm. Die Hard in there. Don't you judge me. How dare you? But, uh, what did you think of the movie, Travis? 
Uh, so confession time. First time ever watching Black Christmas. <gasps> Wait, you hadn't seen? Wait, you hadn't seen? I know. Um, I'd heard a lot about it. I knew, I knew of it. I knew it was one of the, the early slasher movies, but it just was never one that I had watched. Um, I get why it's such a cult classic. Uh, it's bonkers and it kind of doesn't really make a lot of sense, but I very much enjoyed it. That's awesome. I'm so happy. And I can, I also can very much see how it influenced uh, Carpenter in uh, making Halloween. I, I see that all over it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's a slow burn. Uh, I like that. Um, the performances I think are actually for the most part, pretty good. Uh, I, of course, I'm 12 years old. So when the name Olivia Hussey came on, I, I chuckled to myself. I thought, what a great name for somebody in a horror movie. Um uh, Kier Duella, I, I believe is how it's pronounced. Um, yeah. I spent the entire movie trying to figure out where I knew him from, and it was 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's Dave. Um, yes, the movie I do not like. Um. <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh, John Saxon. I mean, it's great. It's a great cast. Wonderful. You know, when you said the thing about Olivia Hussey, I thought you were going to say that you had watched it in school as well, the Romeo and Juliet with Olivia Hussey. I did, because, like, definitely. Yeah, but. that's what I would giggle at because she's like completely nude in one of those scenes, and I was like, "Are we allowed to watch this?" It's <laughs> like, "Holy crap! We're in school. That's a that's a naked lady." Yeah, um, I mean, I re- I definitely remember watching that in school, but you know that was so long ago that it didn't register in my brain. That's who it was when I was started watching this movie because that was the last time I saw that version of Romeo and Juliet was in high school. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, but never uh, Margot Kidder, John Saxon, uh, Andrea Martin, um, who I spent the whole time being like, this is like if Cher was in this movie, uh, <laughs> you would have Andrea Martin. Like it's, it's again, because I just watched Moonlight, uh, Moonlighting, um, not that long ago. Um, it made me think of that. So made me think of Cher, but no, I, I had a good time with this. I totally see why it, why it has that cult classic status. Not moonlighting, uh, moonstruck. moonstruck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 For a second, I'm like, I'm like, oh. I, I said it, and then like, as I was continuing the sentence on, my brain is like, that's not right. Hold on, and flipping through the Rolodex <laughs> to find a proper title. Is it her curly hair that like you? Uh, well, it's it- curly hair, but she has her facial structure reminds me a bit of Cher. She's got yeah. a little of that look to her. She like, does got that. You know what's funny? I I went to to like look her up just randomly, you know, and. Uh, She's still doing stuff to this day. And she was in this show called Difficult People that I watched. And, like, she looks completely different because, you know, now her hair is straight and, like, whatnot. And it's been, like, tons of years. And it's just so funny that, like, it was the same kind of thing, like, from Carrie seeing uh, the, what's her name, Mrs. Poole or. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The t- yeah, it's like in that age, like, unrecognizable compared to when you see them later. But anyway, yeah. But that's awesome. I'm glad that you liked it. Uh, now I'm going to ask Faye, what did you think of the movie? Also my first time watching it. Really? Yep. Okay, that surprises me more. And unfortunately, as with most slashers, I was bored. I'm I'm giving my surprised face right now, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Real surprised. I know. 
You probably knew I would be bored with this movie. Shocked. Shocked, I tell you. <laughs> well. It's not a bad movie. It's just no. I'm. Not your flavor. It, for me, for me with slashers, it has to have something special. Something extra. Instead of just a man going around slashing people. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, it's. This movie really didn't have that either, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's be completely it, it real. Was, it, was, it was all off camera. <laughs> what little there was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it's not a bad movie. I could definitely see why it's got the cult following and the, the pedigree as being one of the first. Um, but it's eh. just boring. Yep. I mean, I had the most fun with with the girls picking on the cop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, When they gave it to him. Yeah. Yeah. The (laughs) fellatio. It's a new, it's a new, 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 uh, new line or new, whatever. I forget the exchange. That's how you could tell, by the way, that that was an easy way to tell when this movie was made, when they were giving a phone number with the exchange and then the last four digits, Mm -hmm. because that has not been a thing for 50 years, almost. Like you just, you don't, you don't tell someone, what's your phone number? Crestview 2239. Like, no, 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 that doesn't, no, (laughs) no one does that. No, we didn't do that when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, By that point it had phased out and you had also like, you knew, you knew the exchanges. Like I knew my town's different exchanges, but they weren't a name like, like you would get back then. So that kind of cracked me up. Yeah, and it also like shows kind of like where it takes place too, because the rollout of of that kind of change took so much time that you know bigger cities got it faster and 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 the whatnot, you know, obviously because of population booms. So like then you knew it was like in a smaller, yeah. you know, a smaller town community kind of thing, uh, which gave it that you know extra feel of could be anywhere. America. And it was supposed to be America, even though it's Canada. Canada. I love you, Canada. Let me in. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't um, know where that, that exchange, that fellatio exchange is. <laughs> Somewhere down under. Giggity. Dreadly. Hi. Please don't tell me this is your first time watching this movie. Ah, oh, this was definitely my first time watching it. After watching it the first time. So second time. Yep. Okay. I watched so how it do you a feel couple of years ago. I don't know how long. Probably ages ago, actually. I'm old. Uh, anyway. <laughs> you just said a couple of years ago. <laughs> and then said you're old. Uh, it feels like a couple. Of, it might as well have been 20 years ago. You know, that's how time oh, works. Yeah. Um. Um... It's definitely the best movie we've done in a couple of episodes. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I found a worse one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I like this movie. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely 70s. I mean, look at that one dude's hair and mustache. The coat. The, the Santa Claus? And the coat. Uh, no, the... the because he was the most seventies ass looking. 70s oh yeah, the Santa, he played the Santa Claus afterward. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But was, uh, I, I remember Andrea him Martin from the boyfriend. first scene 
with his yeah. girlfriend, I assume. And they had the exact same hair. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, they were Christ. they were kissing, so yeah. That was her boyfriend. Oh, well, I don't know what people did in the 70s. Uh, I mean, true, true. Let's be honest. Uh, uh, no, I like it from the very first shot. That's like 70s. Definitely also 80s probably, but it's like you you have the shot of the house and the cam is like shaking a little bit or, or you know, it's like nice. Like and then, someone's really holding it. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, it ends in a similar way. You have the shot of the house and I uh-huh. like that they didn't do a beach frame. They just keep it rolling and it moves a little and it adds hey. to the... Yeah. Oh. We'll get to that later oh, yeah. in the show because that's one oh, of yeah. our one of our thingies. Is it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, but yes. you liked it, and that's I did like it. Uh, the one thing that annoyed me was the fact that there were apparently was a second cat that is not the first cat. Hey, hey. once again, ah. these are things that can be brought up later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm just uh, look. I'm just trying to run a tight ship. <laughs> Lollipop. It's the good yeah. ship. <laughs> Look, this this cast is 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 great. I love I love Olivia Hussey. She was um what was it? She was in this and she played uh Norman Bates's mom in Psycho 4, which I'm sure none of you have seen, but I love. I so, have seen it. Don't you Okay, you've seen it. I don't ask me. I love all the psycho movies. I'm I'm one of those weird people who likes them. Um, yeah. But she's great in that and uh you know John Saxon. It's that thing that I like where it's people from other horror movies. So Nightmare on Elm Street and he had that other one where the beach like swallowed people or something. It was like Blood Beach or some crap like that. And that was weird. And uh Margot Kidder was in Amityville. So, like, lots of people who either were in horror movies or would end up being in more horror movies. And I, I always, I love that whole connection thing, how it ends up being, you know, a repeating genre. Uh, and, yeah, absolutely the feel of this movie is <laughs> 70s. Like, you were mentioning the opening, and I love the way that it opens, and immediately you just see, like, the name of the movie. There you go. Like, no waiting. Credits? What are those? And the house is just really, really enormous. And of course, also the first person killer view. That's also like from that time. Yep. Stalker camp. Yeah. Well, you know, slasher. With, with, right. with the heavy breathing. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. And squeaking and all kinds of noises. <laughs> Oh, he would snort too. I oh, just want to point out he yes. snorted. He he had like a and breathing there was, issue. <laughs> there was apparently like a uh, they had some kind of a head mounted camera to use for when he climbs up the lattice. Like that was the cameraman had made some rig that that mounted the camera so it could ah. be so that they could get that shot, which would be a big deal in 1974 because the Panaglide uh, I've talked about before on with Halloween was like mm-hmm. new in 1977, 78 when they were making um, that. And that was handheld. 
So you could do handheld and you could do that kind of stuff, but it wasn't as prominent at that point. So I was pretty impressed by that. Even though I've never known a lattice like that to carry the weight of a human being. <laughs> and yet you see it. It's a trope in so many movies, but uh-huh. I just it always makes me laugh. Movies and TV shows. Yep. Um, so <laughs> I will... I will say that I didn't watch this movie as a little, little kid. Um, I had seen scenes from it and like, especially the most famous, you know, plastic wrapped girl thing. And that scared me so much that I think I stayed away from it for a long time. So I probably saw this as a teenager for the first time. And, you know, it's funny how watching it as a teenager, it was, it felt like I felt that slow burn a lot more. It's like when I watched the shining as a teenager and I was like, wow, this is really long to get to the meat of this movie. And now I can watch it with like no problem. Cause it's just like, it, it's perfect. It, it's almost yeah. like you age into certain movies or something, but, um, so this one and rewatching it, I, I loved it all the more for the same the same kind of thing, the atmosphere and oof, yeah. And the I was, yeah, I was very, uh, I was surprised by two things in this movie that I didn't anticipate. Like I knew it was a horror movie and it was a, one of the early slashers, that kind of stuff. I did not expect the subplot of Jen, uh, Jess being pregnant and the abortion stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. that was surprising to me because that 1974, it's a much different time to bring that up in a movie at all. Um, so I actually thought that was pretty, pretty, uh, interesting. And also, uh, I was very, I, I wasn't shocked so much as I was just surprised how long they held on those shots of Claire with the bag over her head when she would be in the rocking chair, because that like, they would hold on that for a long time. And apparently those were all done. That was, that was done by just having her head in a plastic bag. Like the, the actress could just hold her breath for a long time and keep her eyes open, uh, which was crazy to read about that. But I was surprised how long it was on screen. And I'm like, wow, this movie didn't get an X rating, you know, it was R, but you would, you would think like, just just showing a, a, a body like that for that extended period of time where it's not in the background, it's forefront right in front of you that whole time was just, it's unsettling. And multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. More than once. It's very unsettling to, to see that. So it's it is very a very effective. clean death though. Right. So there's no like extra gore, even though she's dead. Sure. So maybe like, cause I know blood is one of those factors that they, that they give to, you know, upping the rating and stuff. I mean, Blood is, but but just having a dead body or an obviously dead body like that yeah. is the thing that surprised me. And to and to hold on it for so long. Like it'd be one thing to show it and then move away, but this this movie really liked like to slow. Like, yeah. Like to let its shots really uh linger. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what it's time for? The thirteen.
the 13 is a specially cultivated list of tropes or our favorite things from horror movies. This list will change or be adjusted as time goes on and in real time because this is real life. And unicorns are really, really sharp. Number one, kitty cat. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have a cat. I kept thinking that was going to be a tease because we didn't see it for so long, but they kept calling it out and you'd hear it. I'm like, we're never going to see this cat, are we? And then we saw the cat. But you see the cat immediately when they get the first phone call in the bottom right corner is a cat Mm -hmm. just cleaning itself and wondering who these people all are. But let me point out that it is not the same cat that is in later parts of the movie. Oh, hell no. So I, I look at this little cat and it looks like a kitten. And I know it's not, you know, you could see how tiny it is. And it's like a little tiny kitten, like clicking itself while they're on the phone. And I'm just like, they just have a kitten somewhere in the house. And I guess they just don't care about it. Or like Dred's thought was that they didn't see the cat, which maybe they didn't. Who knows? So it's like a phantom cat. Maybe yep. it was a ghost cat. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. cat. But I am going to read some trivia. While shooting the scenes of Claire's body in the attic rocking chair, the cat ran across the floor and Bob Clark was inspired to add in the famous moment of Claude, that's the cat, crawling on the corpse and licking her face. Ironically, getting the cat to actually crawl on her was tricky. Eventually, the director had to be just off camera and physically throw the cat onto Lynn Griffin. I feel like we have a thrown cat here. Throne cat. Yes, we do. Isn't that so amazing at cats? They do a thing and you're like, oh, that's nice. Do it again. No. Cats. (laughs) I was like, love it. That's 100%. Like, I I get that it was the killer that did this, but I just want to ask the question (laughs) that I was just sitting there like, how did the cat even get in the attic? Like, I'm guessing it was the killer that brought it the cat up but still yeah, like, because it was a ladder eating not a stair so yeah. that cat is magic <laughs> the cat like climbed the ladder pushed the thing open i'm coming it. i'm going to save you well you know well like i guess the cat was hungry possibly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. number two volkswagen i didn't see any no. I don't remember any cars. There was like it was Ed cop, cop car, car, taxi, but nothing real. The only mm-hmm. time I think there was a car was when the dad was looking for the girl on the street, but I don't remember. I don't it remember seeing anything. No, I just I remember the cop car that was parked out front with the dead cop in it. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> like. There was, we saw that one. We saw a couple other police cruisers. We saw like the bus, but there wasn't any Volkswagens. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> number three, scary location, time of the year. Uh, Could it be Christmas? Yes. Christmas this time. This film holds the honor of being the first seasonal slasher film. Mm. Yeah. I thought you were going to say this movie invented Christmas. Yes, this movie invented Christmas. <laughs> it's it's the first one, but then, you know, when Halloween came around, Halloween's the one that made it more popular, and that's why the 80s is full of, you know, ho- holiday movies. But 
this was the first one. That's the distinction that it has. Um, and and if you if you watch what I what I do when I pick the movies for the uh, you know where I line them up, basically, you'll notice I love to you know put seasonal movies around the seasonal time. Like it's just it's one mm. of my favorite things. I love seasonal horror. Horror. And- it's it's funny because this movie is definitely the I mean the title is Black Christmas. It's set at Christmas time, but there's not a lot of like Christmas imagery. There's some there there's there's lights. They have some decorations up, but outside of the scene with the carolers, you could almost put this in in a lot of uh, kind of winter settings. But then the carolers came, and I'm sitting there thinking. She's standing there with the door wide open. It's clearly cold, and these kids just keep going. And I'm just like, "Come on, kids, wrap it up. I'm, I ain't eating the outside here. Let's go. Come on." <laughs> she How many more of these? Either. <laughs> well, you know. No, but I did. She she should have put her sweater back on that she had for the party with the two giant hands on the front of it. <laughs> That's the first thing I noticed. Those are hands. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that was a weird shirt and uh, this was a low budget movie so a lot of their clothing was just theirs yep. so I'm guessing that was just her sweater including oh. that coat yes as a matter of fact there is some uh. trivia about that coat and it is uh, Art Hindle in an interview included in the DVD and Blu-ray reveals that the fur coat he wore in this film was in fact his own and still hangs in his closet to this day oh god yeah. It was the seventies. It was. It was the seventies. But yeah, uh, Christmas uh, Christmas horror movies. I, is this the first? I know it's the first seasonal slasher. slasher. I guess it would be this first kind of horror movie based around Christmas, right? I can't um, think of anything. I don't know that I would count Santa Claus Conquers the Martians as a horror movie. I mean, <laughs> it's horror to watch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's more sci-fi. Um, yeah, it would be more sci-fi. Yeah, it's like I'm not as well versed in older horror movies. Sure. And so I think I'm Yeah, it's one of the first ones I can think of, I would say. But well, if any of our listeners know of movies, uh well, well you know shoot us a I message, mean, an email, let us know. Like I'm sure there's like a Hitchcock movie we're not thinking of that was like set Probably. at Christmas but not about Christmas or something. Um, you know, things like that. We just wouldn't even. Yeah. And where, where this movie is set around Christmas, like that was one of the things Halloween did was it sort of incorporated the, um, the holiday into the plot where the first kill happens on Halloween night after trick or treating and that kind of thing. This was more of a, Oh, it happens to be Christmas time, uh, while we're, we're doing this, but uh, it still works. I mean, like, because it didn't have to be Christmas, but at the same time, Christmas gave the uh, the cover up for the house being more empty because a lot yeah. of the oh, girls yeah. had already left and they thought the other girl was gone and the mother <laughs> hen was leaving. So, like, it did it did do that much at least. Yeah. Yes. Can I, can I go to this sorority? You know, where, where everybody's drinking and just having a party, and yes, I feel like the, the drinking uh, is is a member of the sorority. All the bottles are members. Just, I mean, well, yeah, we we saw a party with the sorority, and then it was their house mother that just was a lush. 
and drank constantly. Uh, Straight sugar dad. The dad, I did not send my daughter to get wasted. (laughs) That was some of that stuff was so funny when he sees like the posters and the, oh, yeah. the old woman giving the finger, and and then when she's trying to cover that. up the butt, <laughs> she's just like holding it. The Express Yourself poster of all the shots of the old woman was yep. I, like, I want that. I want to put that up the wall. Brilliant. That's you got to be able to get that print somewhere. Uh, also, oh, the dad, by the way, uh, Claire's dad. Um, just like I mentioned, Phil uh, reminded me of uh, Cher a little bit. Um, her the that guy reminded me of Frank Oz. Like a bigger yeah. budget version of this movie would would cast Frank Oz in that role. <laughs> Speaking of Claire, I'm gonna do a, a tiny little Claire fact. This is for you, Claire, our friend and patron. But uh this um I read some trivia that this movie it's an early example of a largely mainstream film containing the word cunt. Um, oh, but yeah. This was, but this was cut out for the UK release, and I'm sitting here like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, you guys say it more than we do, so why did it Usually get Usually they insert a couple of extra ones for them. I'm guessing it's the video nasties thing, but uh, it has to wow. Be because I know, I know people from that region that use that word like a comma. Yeah. Claire, we're talking about you. Um, but yeah, yeah. that was friends from Australia. (laughs) They use that as much. Australia more. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) very similar. Um, number four, meta humor, fourth wall breaks, mentioning the title. No, there's humor in the movie. I'll give it that. I thought it was really funny in a lot of parts, but it's not meta. No. No, we should probably add humor in there and just make that a thing too. So we have something to say. Um, yeah, yeah, fellatio. <laughs> they gave it to me. I liked the laughing, de- uh, the laughing detective yep. because yeah, he was laughing <laughs> for the for the laughing. longest time. I was thinking they cast him and they said we need someone who laughs, laugh, laugh. He's not going to have I, any lines. And eventually he did have lines. Like, I would have loved it if all he did was laugh. That was just mm-hmm. every, everything. <laughs> Sergeant Nash, could I speak to you for a minute? Yeah, sure. Huh? <laughs> What's this? Well, that's the number at the sorority house. Collation? <laughs> yeah, it's a new exchange. F.E. <laughs> No exchange? Yeah, Felicia. One of the girls that was in this afternoon gave it to me. She gave it to you? Yeah. Nash, I don't think you could pick your nose without written instructions. Dirty, ain't it? <laughs> yep. Um, so it did have humor, but no. Oh, cordial lipstick. 
that was humor. Like she, oh she starts God. putting on her lipstick. She goes and, and she has like a quarter yeah. done. And later when she comes back in, out of the car, she still yeah. has the quarter done. So got to hand it to this movie. <laughs> she went shopping. Like, yeah, no, consistency. I mean, yeah. Yeah, continuity. Continuity, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, Thank continu- you. I love continuity. Yes. Which, that's for these kind of movies is a big thing, I feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Number five. Archetype characters. Crazy Ralph from Friend of the 13th, Randy from Scream, Big Haller from The Shine. <laughs> so I'm going to actually, I'm going to give a Crazy Ralph award to the house mother. Uh, mostly because she is slightly crazy. She drinks a lot and she talks to herself to give exposition. So, yeah. I didn't send my daughter here to be drinking and picking up boys. Tough shit. You're supposed to be responsible for the morals of every girl in this goddamn house. These broads the leaning tower of peace if they can get up there. I do my best. I don't know what the bastards expect of me. Christ's sake. And she's kind of like mean. I've decided. Does inept cops count? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nash is definitely, uh... Oh, yes. I wrote... Here's a note that I wrote. It was, uh... Nash, well, no, I think I wrote this later where the tropes are, and I said Nash is a trope. <laughs> yep. Nash is an idiot, but he was a dex- desk sergeant, so like they're usually portrayed as not being all that bright. Nash, you stupid son of a bitch, you got a big goddamn mouth! I also, uh, I loved Margot Kidder's character. Um, she is... Uh, if you look very closely, she is queer coded um, as like a bisexual. I don't know if you noticed that, but she's you know she <laughs> she's reading really a Playboy. They were, they were so subtle. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> and always drinking. Yeah, she was always drinking. She had the phallus mouth. She was so funny the entire movie uh, oh. with the whole fellatio joke and whatnot. <laughs> I was laughing um, when, because in the beginning she always had champagne or something to bottle in her hand, and she was always drinking. And I was like, is she gonna be in this movie always drinking? And then they show her at the police station without alcohol. I'm like, ah, okay. And then she opens a beer and just gulps it in. I'm like, yeah, oh, that okay. was great. <laughs> she just pulls out a beer at the cop station. Right there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, according to Bob Clark, Margot Kidder insisted on drinking real alcohol for the scene. So she was really intoxicated. Like, I love it. There's um, the line that she says to her mom when her mom cancels Christmas on her. And she says, you're a real gold plated whore mother. That is a great line. You're a real gold plated whore mother. See you next week. Uh, She's just, she's just great. I just, I love her. I, I want to be her. Like, I wish like if I had to like the obviously you know like she doesn't end well but you know it's the 70s and she's gay so she wasn't going to um but it was a uh, she was wonderful actually like all the 
all the women were great, but she was just my favorite. Mm -hmm. She's one I'd want to be friends with. Did you know that there's a certain species of turtle? There's a certain species of turtle that can screw for three days without stopping. Number six. Pointless boobies, weird wings, moonies. There was that. A moonie. Yep. Cop that got shot in the ass. Yeah. And that's it. Well, I mean, there's the Playboy, but that doesn't really count. Yes, that is true. Uh, Number seven. Telling, retelling the legend and or establishing the movie's rules, breaking Randy's rules. No. No, not really, because, I mean... Technically, you could say, well, you know, one of Randy's rules is don't drink or do drugs. And they were drinking at the beginning of the movie. But yeah, no, they're drinking during the entire movie. (laughs) Yeah, nobody nobody. where where Margot Kidder's given the kid champagne. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was just a little bit, though. It's fine. I I was wait. What I think the. Wasn't the father like, there just looking at her going, yep. what? He was on the phone. <laughs> he, was. He, was, he was on the phone the whole time talking to his uh, wife or something. That, just that just staring a hole through her. Uh, I mean, but yeah, but it, exactly. But like the whole Randy's rule, it's like the, the, which isn't just Randy's rules, obviously. These are like real. Um, yeah. Tropes. I write this as this. Um, and uh whatchamacallit, but like, cause they're not distracted by having sex or doing the drugs or the drinking. It's just not yeah. everyone's drunk. It's just Margot or I keep saying her real or Barb who Fire. drinks a lot and the house mother. And it doesn't necessarily lead to their ending. So to speak, no, this, man, that's that house mother, she had bottles of Sherry stashed everywhere. Was that Sherry? I was, I, I didn't the first bottle when she pulled the bottle out of the book, it, it had written on the label straight Sherry. Do you know how much work you have to do to cut that shape into a book? Yeah, I've done it. Wait a minute. You did that? But what? Yeah, I've made made hidden books. Like Uh. for fun or were you bootlegging? Like when, what? Uh, Just for fun. Project. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, were you trying to hide your booze? Gotta gotta hide my stash. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why do you think so, I have a lot of books? <laughs> number eight, dance sequence, montage sequence. No. Not there really, was the no. party, but there wasn't really a lot of dancing. No. Yeah. No. No. Eh. Number nine, scary score, spooky soundtrack. Um... I know there were some interesting things in the soundtrack, or not the soundtrack, the score, uh, but I, eh, I didn't really. Yeah, and I didn't some of the calls, it. there were some weird sounds happening. Yeah. Where I was like, "Is that in the movie, or is something happening in my room here?" Or what? <laughs> yeah, there, there was, the was the. So the music was interesting because I did read a little bit where the the guy who wrote it was talking about like tying things to the hammers of the piano so they would play weird and like messing with the way that it sounded but it was kind of an odd mixture it was an odd style of music um and when they first showed what's his name uh peter playing his recital um 
I thought that that was just the score before it got into his kind of whatever that was sort of free form jazz ish thing that he was doing. It just made my ears hurt. <laughs> well, the judge's ears were hurting too. <laughs> it was, it, it's, uh, it, it's strange because it's not really memorable. Like I'm not, but yet it seemed to fit the tone in this movie really well. Yeah. Like I was going to say, like I didn't dislike it, but it wasn't anything I was like, wow, like super blown away. But I don't want to say, I hate saying that because it sounds negative when you say that. But like, I thought it was, you know, A-OK. How about that? Can I say that? Is that? Do people still say that? I mean, it sure. fits fit the movie well, but it's not like, like the music in Halloween, I remember. And this was, didn't have that. It's not catchy in that way, but. I sort of, I'm going to remember the, that kind of music as sort of when I see it or hear it in another movie, it will remind me of black Christmas, like the music that, that was in black Christmas, kind of like a, like a, like a feel to it. Mm -hmm. Number 10 solitude shots. Um, as we mentioned before, the opening and the closing shots of this movie are just fantastic shots. Yeah, that was stalker view. The, ending, yeah. the the stalker view, but also that ending from when when the dad passes out from shock and they haul him out of the room. Uh-huh. From the exactly. minute cop walks in and flips the light off until and I'm like, okay, so we're gonna see. I'm thinking either somebody's gonna pop up in the like the window or from the other side of the bed or mm-hmm. you know, whatever it was, and it kept doing and it, you could you could you know the camera would move slowly and then we'd stop on something else and wait on it for a second and there was the mar uh, was uh barb's bed and then it would and i'm like oh okay so something will, nope we're gonna move on and mm-hmm. what was funny is i could see the cut where they had to change film reels <laughs> in the camera because <laughs> there was one moment where you could see like the the image stop for a second and then pick back up um but that whole thing was like all I could think of was these are Monica solitude shots right here. Cause it's mm-hmm. all these moments. Exactly. Which, and again, the influence on Halloween, the way that they did that at the end of Halloween with all their static shots, which they did in a very different way, because in this movie you can tell they planned it out and they, they were purposely doing that. And Halloween wanted to replicate, I think that feel. So they just had to do it with all their off cuts and like, yeah. you know, they, they had to create that at the end. Um, but I liked that. I liked that a lot because I thought that was a really cool way to finish things. And I kept waiting. It was it was both the trope of the killer still alive at the end reveal, but not that because it subverted it. You never got that jump scare moment. This mo- wasn't a movie with jump scares in it. Mm-hmm. And you never got that thing that as a horror movie watcher, I've been conditioned to wait for. And all you got was the sound and light coming from the... Um, the attic door. I thought it was yeah. brilliantly done. I thought that ending was just very yeah. well done. Is a very, <laughs> very different ending. Oh my God. Like now she's killed her boyfriend who was technically innocent, but insane by the way. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's I, I alone. would not commit her. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She, she is alone in that bed, passed out. She doesn't know there's still a killer. Uh, there's still two bodies in the attic. Nobody knows anything about when are they going to find it? Yeah. Why would you check the house? 
<laughs> and and yeah, like so it pans out and we go outside and it's the cop and the whole end of the scene is one I love endings of movies that even when they do the credits where it's different and it's just that scene and as Dreadley wanted to point out, like it's they keep running the film like it's not mm-hmm. like a still or anything like that. And the phone rings. And by the way, trivia, the phone rings 13 times. <gasps> 13 times. It means something. Yes. No, I dug, I dug that a lot uh, just because I think it was a fun, interesting way to finish the movie. Instead of the now, end question mark. <laughs> right. Now, Logic Brain stepped in at one point. It's like, no, no, no. Those cops would have cleared that entire house, including the attic. Yeah, like, well, I was yelling it. <laughs> easy access to the attic. They'd have looked up in there. Like, that's just how it would have gone. But got to remember they're say- inept. <laughs> well, Saxon wasn't. Yeah, the- no, Saxon wasn't inept at all. In fact, honestly, outside of Desk Sergeant Dumbass, the cops were were useful in this movie. And, like, you're absolutely right. They would have cleared the attic. And this isn't an excuse, but, like, they assumed the dude that she killed was the killer. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. that doesn't mean you stop searching the house, right? But still, exactly. like, it's so, it's, it, I, I don't even know what to, what to draw from that. It's, but, uh, you're, 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 you're missing people. Should yeah, your logical that. brain <laughs> tell you. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, that's right. Because that's her dad. Well, that's yeah. the thing. They never found Claire's yeah. body. They never found, you know, the house, the, the house mother's they body. Assume so they the would've... house mother left, right? Because she mm-hmm. was supposed to get in that taxi with that dude that came out and knocked on the door. Yeah. So she's the only one. It's only just, it's only just Claire that's unaccounted for. And the cat. No one worries about the cat. The cat's got plenty of food now. The two people that worried about the cat are dead. True. So think about that. <laughs> logically I know that the police would have cleared the entirety of the house, but I can Mm -hmm. suspend that disbelief easily because they assume they got their guy. They assume they wrapped it all up. Yeah. And it's not like they're completely gone, right? Like I feel like they were coming back for other stuff and yeah. So, and the, and the use of the, the big giant house uh, was also really good because it's, just really cavernous and people don't even realize that there's people getting murdered in different floors and I can't love see that anything. House. That it's, house was so cool. Yeah. It's very, like, very cool. And it makes the whole, the calls coming from inside the house trope that we're about to talk about even better, you know, cause it's just a hundred million stairs in something I like to call number 11. Someone does stupid shit or that scared the shit out of me. Or your favorite trope. Um, yeah, I was screaming well, it the whole time. <laughs> it's in the fucking house. Well, yeah, well, we knew that. Because from the- this was the movie that coined that. Like, this is the movie that gave us that trope. And they signposted. Like, when, when you watch it now, if you were watching this for the first time without the knowledge of that trope, they tell you that it's happening, but they don't hit you over the head with it. So you can easily not pay attention and miss it, which is when they Saxon shows up with the guy from the phone company and they're going to tap the line. And he asks if there's any other phones and he says, yeah. And the one, but it's a different line. We don't worry about that. 
because they were only focused on the phone calls coming in and the, the assumption you would, again, you can suspend that disbelief of like, why go look at that? That's the den, you know, the den mother, the house mother's room. Why would the Why would she be calling and leaving obscene messages to the girls that live in her house? So they give it away right there, but it's easy to overlook. Now, in 2022, when we're watching it, obviously we're thinking, well, yeah, the calls are coming from inside the house because we because this movie was made <laughs> and it told us that. Yeah. But I, I love I liked that. I, I thought that that was very clever for them to do uh, in the movie. The urban legend was, you know, I, I love urban legends. I love when they turn them mm-hmm. into movies or when they use the influence of them in things, because those are stories that when I heard as a kid, you know, the hook on the car door and the, the babysitter and the man upstairs and stuff that just like terrified the shit out of me before I had ever seen a horror movie, you know? So those were like my preemptive uh, tales before I started actually like seeing it in TV movies and, and books I would pretend to read. Um, Good old urban legends. Yeah, they rock. Uh, Sergeant Nass is a trope. I'm going to say, by the way, he Mm -hmm. is, uh, inept uh and everybody makes fun of him yep fellatio he's the the idiot desk sergeant (laughs) he's good for a laugh Uh, though and and there that's another joke though that honestly in the 70s could have gone over a lot of people's heads is the fellatio joke yeah well yeah anyone who didn't know the word right because it wasn't a Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been as college You've got the you've got the kids like with their noses and books learning trying to, trying to flex their vocabulary muscles. Exactly. What's the um, guy time back then? Some schmo didn't go to schmo. college. Schmo. Entered the police academy. Um I said this trope earlier, but uh never look for the cat. Never never look for the cat. It doesn't the end. The cat well. will come to you when it wants to. Cat yeah. will take care of itself. Also, yeah. anti-trope, and as Travis said, there's no jump scares in this, which is weird considering the established there's a cat. You yeah. expect that cat to come at you at one point. Like when she goes to her room to pack and there's like a thing in her closet, like the mm-hmm. plastic. That's like, oh, cat's coming. Nope. <laughs> that, nope. By the way, I mean, that's the only moment of a jump scare in the entirety of the movie is that kill where where she gets the bag over her head and it's not a jump scare in the sense of like, it's not a jump scare like you would think, but that's as close as we get to one in the, in the movie. Who, who is it? Who's there? Who's, the, who is it? I, I hate when they say things like that over and over again. I'm like, I'm running out of that fucking room. I am grabbing my friend and bringing her back. And then we're going to look in the fucking yeah. closet. Speaking of, speaking of that and stupid shit, if the cops call you and they say, hey, it's in, he's in the house, you should go to the door. You should leave. No, no. And then you going to go searching for him. Yeah, especially when you're yeah. yelling their name and no one's replying to you. I mean, yeah, but that dead. goes to the, the 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 other trope. First off, number one, the door that won't open. But they showed you that already, right? Because the yeah, she locked it. The house, well, not just that, but the house mother. Every time she tried to get in the door, there's something wrong with it. It kept getting stuck. 
Yeah. So they already showed you that that was going to be a thing earlier in the mm-hmm. movie. And then when she goes to try to open the door, oh, it's Mark. stuck. Yes. And, and trope wise, afterwards, when she's uh, being chased by the killer and she yeah. goes to the basement, the killer opens the door and leaves. Because you immediately hear click, door opening, door closing. That door that was locked right before. The mm-hmm. front door, you mean? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, you got to understand, we're talking about, like, the, you know, the difference in strength. This is a guy who pulled that it lady was up to the thing. Well, <laughs> it wasn't just locked. It was that the door would stick, too. So she did unlock the door and pull it, and it wasn't yep. opening. It's just yep. that, like, she... The the dude was just able to open the door better than she was. And that's just, you know, he was stronger. That's just lucky for him, that jerk. Although he See, didn't girls, go out the front door. You need to he? work your muscles. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But they didn't know this was going to happen. They didn't know this was going to happen. Always be prepared. Yeah. But like, yeah, also, he he calls her and he's like, look, I need you to listen to me and I need you to do what I'm saying. <laughs> The cops are telling you on the phone that just listen to them and do what they say. I mean, depending on the situation, of course, obviously, you know, like on the other hand, it was, it was that Nash fellow that said it. So you should probably do the opposite of what he tells you to do. So she had, yeah, she she didn't know who Nash was. Yeah. Um, it just, that drove me crazy because she didn't listen. She made him have to get her all scared. Then she couldn't get the door then she goes to look for her friends, like you said. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you doing? Friends she's been yelling at for ages. So yeah, if they right. were alive, they would have look, answered. You're all my friends. If we're in a house and I'm calling to you and you don't say anything, I'm fucking running out the door. Hope you're Aww. okay. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. Peace. Yeah. Yep, pretty much. I'm going to go get help. And come, you know, I'm I'm gonna be around. I'll be stuff, back. Like, I'll be I'll be back for you. But in the meantime, <laughs> sorry, sorry we'll bury your bodies. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I'll say something nice at the funeral. Okay, so uh, here's my. I have a stupid thing. Um, don't don't tell your boyfriend bad news or news like that right before he's gonna play his big show. I don't I don't know. Maybe that's just really stupid what the fuck like he's got the most important thing ever i don't like this is like a thing like 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 people can be affected you have a big final you're gonna be a doctor a lawyer you have the bar exam whatever like you know he has his most important thing like going on you wait until after he's done yes but i get the i i got the sense from it that she has been trying to talk to him about this more I than don't just think she wanted to tell him. She didn't want to tell him, but she, she needed should. to tell him. Well, like I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. She should have waited one more day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then and then or she not told him at all because wow, his reaction. Holy crap. Well, yeah. Like, it was a, it was a terrible reaction. Oh my god. Uh-huh. And like also speaking to the boyfriend, uh, was I the only one who was confused with the phone call when he calls her to say that he's too busy to talk to her, basically? Because 
he's the one who calls her and then they're talking a little bit and then it's like that he doesn't realize anymore that he called her to talk because it's a very weird conversation they're having. If there's one thing that I learned in this movie, it's that this movie didn't understand how phone conversations work. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you because me. There was that one. And then every time the obscene calls would happen, it was just like, I don't know. I don't know what that was. That was. I got stuff. one. I got one more no. stupid thing. Ready? Sure. Uh, so that piano is definitely not <laughs> going to sound better after you smash it with the stanchion. So for piano. No, no. That was an awful performance. Like, yeah, he's insane. Yeah. I'm, you know, honestly, she killed him. Like, that's probably that was probably the in right self answer. Defense. Too. Let let let's say it in self defense. Well, she thought he was the killer. We know, we know it's in self defense. We don't know what happened. He moved towards her, and then we cut away and come back, and she's passed out, and he's dead. Yep. So hmm. she like she thought yeah, he was the killer. Yeah. She's not guilty of anything, but at the same time, she saved herself yeah. some stuff there. But also, but, why the hell is he breaking a window and going yes. into the basement of the house? What is he doing looking in the basement of the house yes. in the first place? What would make him think to go there and look for her? He was so weird, too, about it. Yes, like, it wasn't like, even like like a guy coming to save the girl because right. he heard the screaming. It was like, what are you doing? Come and that's, over. That's and the I'm part like, of the movie where I was like, okay, this... Just, I get what they're going for, but it also doesn't make sense. Like they're trying to make you believe that Peter is the guy who's been making the phone calls and been killing people. But we already know it. And, yeah, but we already know it's not him. So it's so weird. Like <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. And that's where I feel like the, that's where it's not perfect. If that makes any sense. Like that's the thing where it kind of falls apart. Because they're trying that and it's not working, but his the way he's acting just doesn't make any damn sense. I mean, like, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe he actually is crazy, right? And he like he really is crazy and probably going to maybe he was going to do something to hurt her at some point in, in the thing. And the only point of him acting crazy like that is to make her a little bit nervous and scared, and to make it plausible in the end for the cops to believe that he's the killer. Yeah. So like, it's a means to an end, but it's still, it's still funky. Look, it's, he nearly got killed by the Hal Nine Thousand. Okay, that's gonna mess anybody up. And then finding out that your girlfriend's pregnant and doesn't want to have the baby, you snap. You failed your, <laughs> failed your damn. Like, I'm not justifying his actions because he's a dumbass. He's yeah, a dipshit. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he he just he was wound up too tight and snapped. And apparently just likes to go breaking into basements of houses randomly without knowing somebody's there. Just, eh, maybe somebody's in this basement. I'll go in this way. Uh, so I have one more uh, thing written down, uh, which is a trope and stupid thing, I think, is the cop surveillance in a car outside. The cop always ends up dead and mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. being useful at all. While, and here's the stupid part, he could have just waited inside the house. No, there's no reason for him to be on a stake at outside. And I mean, how, how did the yeah. other, how did the killer kill him? Well, he climbed down the ladder and he snuck up on him and he waited till he rolled down the window to flick a cigarette butt out and then he lunged in and cut his throat. At least that's what was in my head canon. 
Or he threw the cat in. <laughs> he threw the cat in the car. Yeah, yeah I don't want to. Um, I don't want to think too much about this, but I can't remember which side of the house the that trellis thing was on, and then where the cop was actually parked. Like, I don't even want to think about that because <laughs> if I think too hard, I feel like the cop should have seen him. But who knows? Maybe maybe what? it was on the other side, and I just. Yeah, I have no uh, depth perception. I could see it happening. There was also, I, and and I forgot to mention this one earlier uh, for my trope uh, was uh, Chekhov's unicorn, because unicorn. the first time they showed that shot and they showed the the unicorn uh, glass thing, I'm like, oh, someone she's getting stabbed with that thing, and then they didn't do it, and she has the asthma attack, but then they showed it the second time. I'm like, okay, now she's getting stabbed by that thing, and Ugh, yeah, brutal. My favorite person, and she gets killed the most brutally, which, you know, sad. Number 12, final girl, uh, using a positive way breaking convention. Um, well, breaking convention, I guess, because she kills the wrong person. She's breaking all convention. She... She's probably, hmm, I would really like to give her the award of one of the best final girls in the unconventional category. Um, she is kind of great, you know. She's like strong and like she knows what she wants. The whole abortion storyline is just, you know, matter of factly that she's, this is what she wants. She knows she wants a career. She knows she doesn't want to be married. She knows. I love that. She is sure of herself and, and like confident, even though like she, you know, I mean, she kills somebody, even if it's not the killer, you know? Um, (laughs) I like, I like that she honed her boyfriend as well. Cause he was like, I love you. And she's like, I know. Yep. That was immediately. I knew like, Oh, she's breaking up with him. I didn't realize that she was pregnant at that (laughs) moment. I knew, I knew that that relationship was done. Which is sad because, like, you're supposed to think that's romantic in Star Wars, apparently. And I'm like, if a well, dude a, did that to me, I would kick him in the shin. There's a difference between the way it was done in Star Wars and the way it was done here. Well, yeah, I I get you. But yeah, like the the whole like we the the abortion storyline, the way it was done, it actually made it feel really realistic. And mm-hmm. I just made her like a, like a real, real woman. Um, well, oh, yeah, especially I'm... with everything that's going on in the real world right now about that. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, this is a year after Roe v. Wade was, um, you know, a- approved or whatever you call it. I, I don't remember what the word is for when they make it. Like a law. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, so it was it's... a year after that that they're talking mm. about abortion in a movie and here we are. It just got undone. Yeah. That's just, I mean, that's for me, I feel like as a character, she was very, she was much more interesting and stronger of a character right up until she goes into the basement. And then at that point I was like, well, the movie doesn't really know what it's trying to do now. And that extended to her as a character because she just sort of, you know, wander the basement, a basement that I wouldn't want to be in at any point. And, uh, I, that like, it's fine, but 
that wasn't the strongest moment. All her character work before that and like the stuff where she's talking to Peter and she's like, look, I want to have a career. I want to have this and I know what I want. That was great. And that's the kind of thing that like, that's a truly well uh, written kind of stronger female character because she just knows what she wants for her life. And it's her life. It's not anyone else's. And I liked that. Also, the, uh, speaking of places where you don't want to be in, that attic, what was up with that attic, though? Like, there's just, just a horse thingy there randomly. The horse toy. Uh, they look like from a carousel horse kind of thing. Or something. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Spring, spring loaded, the kind of rocking horse. Yeah. It's that, you know. Every sorority house has one of those. Come on. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, like maybe it's something that they can hook up in the summertime. Like if there wasn't fake snow on the lawn, um, then you like there's a little thing that you could screw it into and then you just rock back and forth because college, you know, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I did like all the, the, the cobwebs and uh, stuff. But I was like, Jesus Christ. And then later the, the house lady goes up there, sticks her head and she's like, I really should clean this. Yeah. Well, she's busy looking for booze. Yeah, she's busy. Maybe she's hidden it there. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> um, some trivia: uh, a strict rule that Bob Clark had set for himself when it came to writing female characters was to never objectify them sexually or give them nude scenes. So he wanted the college girls to come off as like real and not disposable horror characters, and like that as a whole, that reached me as as a woman watching this movie like they were all opinionated and strong and just you know like it's not that we mind nude scenes but like frivolous nudity for no reason like doesn't need to happen and i just i appreciated that these were real women that i could have been that i wanted to be friends with that I cared about and it did give the movie like much more depth than a it's lot of nice, Yeah, it's nice to see characters written as actual people instead of plot points. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that I read was that he wanted to have uh the characters he switched them to college age because original script they were I think closer to high school age, but he also didn't want them to just be dumb college like dumb young people like most horror movies would do uh i think the the quote was like it wasn't all just bikinis beach blankets and bingo um like he wanted to be more uh like they're college students they should be astute they should be on the ball it should make more sense i like that and i'm with you in that i really like the fact that they were fully fleshed out individuals instead of just being a collection of tropes. I can agree with that. I like that. And they it were makes they, for, it, it makes for more interesting characters and you actually can develop caring about them if they uh you know feel like people instead of uh just a two dimensional yeah. cardboard cutout. And their like their Jason friendships is really <laughs> and their friendships were really were really great and strong because you saw when when um, Margot Kidder's character, her mother cancels Christmas with her, and she asks her one friend 
to come with her. And immediately she says yes. And the other one who's supposed to be going out with her, uh, spending it with her boyfriend, she, she just cancels on her boyfriend and says that she'll come up to the skiing thing with her. So it's like this, it's just, it was really nice. Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to bash any other like slasher movie because I, I obviously like I'm the one that loves the the most slashers, you know, cheesy, campy, crappy. I, it's fine if there's movies that don't have characters, but like this was just it, it. There's a reason why I can watch this repeatedly, or you know, not it's, like in a row, <laughs> but like you know, I could yeah, probably watch this every you know, once a year. Like it's it's funny and it's it's just really nice seeing women like that. Like I just, it's probably also cause it's the seventies. So I might be wrong. If so, cut this all out. Uh, like from the eighties on, it was more, we need more kills. We need more ways to kill people. It's about, you know, so the more you people you need to kill, the less time you have to develop your characters. While in the 70s and earlier, you're like, well, we have time. We don't have to kill them immediately. Chill. You're talking about like a time when when things started becoming like massly created. So the horror movies were like, you know, Jason 1 through 10 and everybody and their brother were making movies and and stuff like that. So there's, there's just more out there and, you know the quality is not necessarily, you know, like, like how many movies were made between like 1980 and, and 1990? Like there's horror movies and it's, it's an, it's like an astronomical number. I mean, I'm sure somebody could tell us, but it's a lot. And they, uh, it's just, you know, that's just the way it happens. It's just very nice. It's just very nice to see writing where, where character is taken into consideration. Yeah. I also wanted to point this out to you, Travis, that um, I just like, one of the trivia things I always hear about this movie that I just think is so funny is that Bob Clark not only did this movie, but he also uh, did a Christmas story. So like just the fact that he did those two movies, like the two Completely opposite spectrums of Christmas. I just, I thought that it's just amazing. And they're both like, well, it's not like A Christmas Story is my favorite movie, but still, like. You're going to shoot your eye out, kid. Yeah, exactly. Like, completely opposite sides. And, uh, but it's just yeah, one of those pieces. He also of did porkies, so he's got some well, range. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, because these are like Christmas movies and mm-hmm. it's like, like he made the wholesome kid one that I watched as a kid. And then the, you know, the not so wholesome one. Number 13, the Savini scale of gore. It's not the quantity of gore. Absolutely. In this movie, at least it's the quality of gore, special effects and monsters. So how many unicorns to the chest? Uh, I would have gone with glass unicorns, but sure. Glass unicorns. It's crystal, right? Crystal unicorns to the chest. Out of ten. I know. There's not a lot. Uh, and the, the girl drowning. Drowning? What? The girl that suffocates, she's not like, you know, 
I mean, give her some points for holding her breath that long, I guess. No, I give I give points for creativity because that shit was beautiful. Like I I said it earlier, but it's very effective because Mm -hmm. it's difficult to watch when it stays on the screen for so long. I'm like, all right, we can cut away. We can cut away now. I don't cut it. Fuck, just cut away. <laughs> like, that worked. And all it is is just a plastic bag over her head and her holding her breath. It's, uh, there again, less is more. Um, I'm going to say that as far as the quality of of gore, uh, it's three. There's not a whole lot in there. The, the stabbing scene is fine, but nothing special. And the appliance they put on the cop's yeah. neck was not great. Um, so yeah, that three, it's fine, but it's not a movie that it's, it's not a movie that was going for a lot of gore. Would you give it a a higher score on the Hitchcockian scale of suspense? (laughs) Um, I mean, higher than a three. Yes. Um, cause I think it had some, uh, some good suspense. It's weird. It's not like a, it wasn't an edge of the seat, like, kind of tense thriller. Yeah. No. It's sort of just a plodding, slow moving horror story. Uh yeah. scary story. So Yeah, yeah and would- I don't know if it affects you guys differently than it does me, but like stuff like that, um like I'm always thinking about things like that. Is there somebody in the attic? Is there somebody in the backseat of my car? Is there, you know, like, am I in danger at this moment? Like, this is something that I think about on, like, a regular basis. So watching this movie brings to life something that I just always think about. When I walk out to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I look out into the dark, or, well, the living room has a little light in it, but, like, I look out into the living room, sometimes I don't know if somebody's going to be there, you know, because... What if somebody just decided that, you know, that was the house? So things like that, like it in that regard, feeling that it could be something that really happened and that somebody could be in my house, you know, it, it feels it's, it's, yeah, it's not like an edge of your seat suspense, but it's like this slow dread. Yeah. No, this is slow building dread. I think part of why... Like, I get that, and I do feel that some, but I also don't feel it in the same way because I've actually had that happen. Like, I've had somebody wander into my house in the middle of the night, and uh, not this house, but a house I lived in many, many years ago. I woke up one morning, and I went to go to work, and there was somebody asleep on the couch. And I thought it was one of my roommates or a friend of my roommates, and I left. And uh, everybody, all four of us in the house had that same moment where we walked past that person and he was asleep and we all thought it was someone else's friend. And then later in the morning, I had stopped back by to use the bathroom at my house because the job I was doing, I was driving a route and it went right past there. And I came inside and that person was still asleep on the couch and I went upstairs and I came back down and they were gone. <laughs> and what it turned out was that it was somebody who had been in jail for like drunken disorderly had gotten out that the night before was their first night out of jail. They got blitzed at the bar and wandered into our house thinking it was his brother's house, <laughs> a street over. 
Oh, and he wandered weird. he he wandered into our house and fell asleep on our couch. So like Yeah. Kind of have lived that's, that a little bit. Yeah. That's yeah, why it, we it have is, doors that are locked. Well, yes, we were out <laughs> and we didn't lock the door. Yeah. It no, is but a we, slightly, we don't have to lock and we had this discussion beforehand. <laughs> we need I mean, to it, it, open doors. There. It is a slightly different thing because like, you know, if you're in a in a whatchamacallit uh in a house with like people like that at least like you can pretend for a moment that it could be somebody else like if i saw somebody i'd know that they didn't belong there and i would freak and scream and (laughs) so i'm glad you guys were okay and that nothing happened well the funny thing was we found out later that night because he was at a different bar getting shit-faced and uh we got a call it was the bar that my roommate worked at uh in the kitchen and we got a call from the manager saying hey uh you know, asking us if we'd had somebody in our house randomly. It's like, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, so we went down to find him and he, he, he just kept thanking us for not uh, calling the cops on him. Cause like what he did was home invasion and <laughs> him having just gotten out of jail. He had just gone right back in. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Faye, uh, you can do Hitchcockian since there's not a lot of gore. And it, for me, it's a two for both. Two for both? Okay. So a four? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we round it? No. <laughs> so no. a two from five. It, to me, it wasn't very much suspense. I mean, the, the scariest thing for me was the, the creepy boyfriend not liking her answer about getting an abortion. Um, and uh, I mean, again, the appliance on the neck for the cop. That was not very yeah. good. No, it was really bad. <laughs> I could tell that was bad. I'll just follow it a three, two, two and a half. Let's say two and a half. I'm just going in the middle there. Because that's the easiest thing to do. Because these kind of movies are really hard to score, you know. We need a third scale. Or this I mean, kind of thing. like, but uh, you know, like either a movie has the the special effects and and thing, and that's what you can scale it on, or it's scary because it's horror mm-hmm. movies. Like, what other thing do you need? I mean, maybe we'll figure it out at some point and add it to the list. But I <laughs> I think that those are, you know, the two sides of of the coin for now, at least. You know, for me, uh. I'm probably going to give it and I'm going to um, give it more for like time and stuff because obviously it's the seventies and it, things age and they change and, and stuff like that. And I think had I'd seen this movie back in 74, if I was alive, um, you know, I would have thought it was a lot scarier. Oh, Uh, without a doubt. Yeah. (laughs) It's like time, time just does that to you. And, and the more movies that you watch that are like this and, and things like that, like, um, I'd probably give it a four, you know, this movie is not just based on like the urban legend, but it's also based on like real murders that happened in Canada and, you know, stuff like this happens and it, it's pretty scary. I thought it was a lot more, it was interesting that like 
everybody died. I mean, except for like the the final girl, but like it it, it still made me feel happier than a lot of movies where they just like you know kill people and it's like nothing. So, and the and I. I do like the dread. I do like the slow burn. I am at an age now where that slow burn is, it's so good. The scene, the, the solitude moments and everything that brings it in the re and make this movie really good. Obviously to have a slow burn, it has to go somewhere. Like you can have a slow moving movie that just doesn't go anywhere and it doesn't work. This movie goes somewhere. It has a, a point. It gets to an end point and it just takes its time doing it. And, I appreciated that. I like I like that kind of stuff. So I'm with you on that. And that'll wrap up the 13 for this episode. Uh, anybody got anything else they want to say about the movie? Any trivia? Um, <laughs> not necessarily about the movie, but I do find it. Uh, I do find it deliciously ironic that we were talking about how well written the female characters are in this movie. Um, and then this is the same guy who wrote Porky's. So I just find that funny to me. Yeah. I mean, I like Porky's. Right. But here's somebody who's making a movie and specifically trying to make the characters interesting and multidimensional and not just have nudity for the sake of nudity. And then he five years, six years later makes Porky's, which is yeah. essentially did the he write Porky's too? He did write Porky's. Oh, Porky's also, I should say. You Actually, know, he wrote Porky's too, as well. So see, and I'm going to I'm going to point out that once again, you know there there is room for sex comedies. I mm-hmm. I love. I grew up watching those things, and I I absolutely adore them. I don't mind nudity. In I want to make that point. Uh, I do not mind nudity. Please bring your nudity to my movie. That is all fine. Um, but, you know, I also like more to that. It doesn't just have to be somebody naked and just getting killed. And a Christmas story. I mean, come on. Like, a children's movie at Christmas, a horror slasher, and then, you know, a sex comedy from the 80s. Like... That is, it's incredibly well-rounded, apparently. Um, but I'd still say that this is, like, his best of all those movies. Uh, oh, what was the body count? Was it, um, Hen Mother, Suffocated Girl, uh, Lois Lane? Uh, I've got five. Uh, no, six. Girl with dingies and a boyfriend. Because there was Margot Kidder, Discount Share, uh, Claire, Henmother, Cop, and Peter. And possibly and I, the baby. It's not fair that I say Discount Share. I understand. It's Andrea Martin. She was great. She's that apparently... Share already Discount Share? Really? And if you'd like to yell at... Dreadly for that comment. <laughs> if you'd just like to yell at him, we would appreciate that. And that was Dredd's trivia. What? <laughs> That's a joke. Remember Dredd's trivia? Remember you did a thing at uh, one point for like a few episodes and then forgot about it? That happened. If you want more Dredd trivia, please let us know. 
And now we play, what the hell was that? It's where we play a clip from our next movie provided by our clip curator, Dreadly. Play the clip, Dreadly. What the hell are all the lights on for? Paul, they wouldn't have left the place like this. Think something's wrong? I'll check upstairs. These kids smoke better dope than I do. Can you guess that movie? Give it a try on Twitter, and don't forget to tag the show. And if no one guesses it, we'll post our gift clues. So be sure to follow us, at Gore Podcast on Twitter. First person to guess it correctly gets a shout-out on the next episode. And you can be like, Andre, who guessed it from the audio clip alone. Well done, Hans. (laughs) Nice. We did not get any emails this week, but if you would like to email the show to ask for more Dreads trivia or to make fun of anyone else on the show just for S's and G's, uh, you can do that by using the email address gorepodcast13 at gmail.com. We may not have mail, but we do have a new patron. So let's welcome Busy Zombie Lord, our newest patron. Yay! 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 And they're signed up at the good guys level. Uh, We appreciate your support so much. Um, So if you want to be like Busy Zombie Lord, um, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash gore13. And and you can be part of the Cool Kids Club because that's not what we're calling them, but I can't think of a name. Gorehound sounded cool, but I don't know if that's what I want to call you all. Survivors? Survivors is cute. I like that. I don't know. I, I, I will put a vote in for Gorehounds. Goreos? Like, Goreos, but full of gore? Goreos. Oh. Do we twist them? If you know the name of the thing that you'd like to be called, please press one now. But also, if you'd like to support us in some non-monetary ways, you know, leave a five-star review for us on your podcast app of choice. Uh, I mean, you can leave any number of stars, but, like, I feel like five is just, like, a really smooth number. Like, you know, whatever you want, but five just seems really, really interesting. Like, like just, like, five, you know? like Unless the podcast app of your choice goes higher, then, then go higher. Higher is always good. Yeah, I mean, if there's, like, 40 stars, like, do that or whatever. It's cool. But until our next episode, Travis, where can people find your stuff? Uh, Pick your social media, put in TV's Travis, and that's going to be me. Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, (laughs) Mastodon, whichever one. Doesn't matter. You'll find me there. And Faye, where can people find you? Uh, Currently just on Twitter, at ChibiFayLynn. And Dreadly, tell people how they can travel to the bowels of hell to find you. Well, just head on over to thedreadzone.com and you'll find links to all my stuff. But you'll probably mostly find me on Twitch. If I ever find a next game to play. Thank you. If you know some games (laughs) that Dread should play, email the show. Or you, you can actually just like tweet at us because that's faster, I guess. Uh-huh. If you'd like to find me, <laughs> I am on Twitter and uh, 
Hive and whatnot and Twitch. All sorts of places. I think. At Wicked Kitten 13. Um, so, you know, find out what I'm doing and where I am, like, on the socials. I'm I might be tired. It's fine. It's fine. Thank you everyone for listening. And I hope we made it a little harder to fall asleep tonight.